just today as we look to worship the Lord and to hear what he has to say through us, through his word. Last week, for the benefit of those who were not with us, we focused on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the pathway to new life that it created. And this morning, I want to continue uh, to talk about his life after the resurrection. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, it declares in chapter 1, verse 3, that during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So after his resurrection, for 40 days, Jesus would occasionally meet with his disciples. I'd like us to imagine ourselves as those disciples this morning. Imagine the Lord is now resurrected. You are meeting with him. He's talking about the kingdom of God. There had to be a lot of joy. There had to be a lot of excitement in the hearts of the apostles. I could only uh, imagine that they were uh, so full of joy and thinking about where this was going to lead. Now that he has resurrected from the dead, now the ministry, if you will, will surely take off. Now the ministry will really prosper. I mean, uh, surely the people will embrace him. After all, who after all of this could deny his divinity? They must have thought, man, this is going to be fantastic. God is going to do some amazing things now. But they probably didn't expect that he would leave them once again. And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16, verse 19, that when the Lord had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. The Gospel of Luke in chapter 24, verses 50 and 51 record this. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting up his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. One more portion of scripture from Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud, and while they were watching, and they could no longer see him, as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men stood uh, among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So these three portions of scriptures uh, declare that uh, Although it was 40 days where Jesus would meet with his disciples on and off and talk to them about the kingdom of God, the day came where suddenly after he finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven. He, be, he ascended into heaven where he is now seated at the right hand 
of the Father. And I want to talk to all of us this morning about the ascension of Jesus Christ. What that means for you and I, how does that impact our life today? What's the practical implication of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? How can it help us live a godly and righteous life today? I have three thoughts that I want to share with you uh, quickly from God's Word that uh, I think will bless all of us here this morning. The first thought is this, that Jesus ascended to prepare a place for us. Jesus ascended to prepare a place for us. Let's look at John chapter 14. I'm going to begin at the first verse. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So now, here we have Jesus prior to his crucifixion teaching his disciples about the fact that he was uh, about to be crucified and he would be leaving them, but that he would be raised from the dead on the third day. And now he's teaching them that when he does uh, uh, raise from the third day, that he is going to go back to the Father. Uh, They're not happy. They're uh, agitated. Uh, their, Their hearts are troubled because they just can't understand why Jesus would leave them. Why, what was the purpose for all of that? And so Jesus tells them plainly that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I've got to leave because in, in leaving, I will ascend to heaven, go back to my father and in his home, there I will prepare a place. I will make ready a place for you. Uh, and the imagery here is of this incredible home that has rooms that are available for habitation and the, the father, if you will, of the home uh, is, has room available to adopt new children and they are making ready different rooms. Uh, it's a great picture because God has a room that he is making ready for you. It is a unique room. It is geared and prepared just for you. Now, when I talk about just for you, it's important that we all recognize that Jesus said that no one comes to the Father except through Him. So these rooms and the preparation that Jesus is making is not for everyone. Not everyone is going to wind up in heaven. Only those who come to the Father through Jesus Christ, only those who embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, only those become the children of God, only those are the ones for whom Jesus is preparing a place for. I hope you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. 
I hope you said yes to him being your Savior and your Lord. If you have said yes and embraced Christ as your Savior, then listen, then he is right now preparing a place for you in the Father's home. There is room for everyone who will say yes to Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And so you and I need to recognize that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, to this incredible home that's in in heaven, and he ascended, and he is in this very hour preparing a place for you and I. And he said, when it's ready, I'm going to come and get you. And that's another hope that we have as the church of Jesus Christ, that one day it'll be ready and the Lord will return for all of his children to take us to be with him forever and ever. So in this first point, Jesus ascended to prepare a place for us, for us meaning those who have embraced him as our Lord and as our Savior. And if you haven't done that today, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to take that moment to uh, bow your heart before God and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I have uh, violated your commandments, but your son Jesus Christ died for my sin. Would, Would you forgive me of my sin? I embrace him as my Lord and my Savior. And if you will do that, you will become a child of God. Your name will be written in the book of life. And the Lord will begin preparing a place for you. I am so full of joy this morning because I know that in this very moment, Jesus Christ is preparing a place for me in his home in heaven. And I hope that that encourages you and should bring joy to all of our hearts. That is the incredible hope that we have as the church of Jesus Christ. Number two, the second point I want to stress is that Jesus ascended so that he can always pray for us. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 and 25 says, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because, listen, because he always lives to intercede for them. So now once again, we, the Bible is stressing here that the Lord is the one that is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Again, this Bible is stressing that only through Jesus Christ can you and I uh, receive forgiveness of sin. We've got to embrace Christ as our Savior. Religion is not going to secure your place in heaven, nor is your personal morality going to secure your place in heaven. The only way you can have your place in heaven secured is by embracing Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And having done that now and becoming a child of God, notice what the Lord is saying here to us, that he ascended into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father and he lives to always intercede, to always pray for you and for me. This phrase, he's able to completely save. Here's what that simply means to us, that no matter what difficulties that we face in life, 
because the Lord is praying for us, it will ensure that our faith will not fail. I know that you'll agree with me that there are times where our faith gets weakened. There are times where because of physical circumstances, because of the pressures of life, because we have such difficulties that we are dealing with, even now during this pandemic, uh, the, the, the faith of many can, can grow, can wane, can become weakened. But here's the good news. We have a Savior whose name is Jesus Christ, who ascended into the right hand of the Father, and at, at this very hour is not only preparing a place for you, but he's also praying for you. He prays for every child of God that our faith will not fail. Remember in the gospel of Luke, where they, in the last supper, right before Jesus was arrested, where he had talked about that they would, all the disciples would falter and they would all deny him. And Peter said, I will, I will never deny you. And then Jesus turns around and said, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith fell not. And when you're restored, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus knew Peter would go through an ordeal, but he had already interceded for him, and the outcome was secure. I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what your struggles may be, God is praying for you. Jesus Christ is seated there lifting up his heart before the Father, asking him to strengthen your faith so that your faith will not fail. Oh, this is a good place for you to say amen to that. We have a great advocate, a great intercessor who never, ever stops praying for us. At the very hour where you might think because of your struggles that the Lord doesn't care about you. Well, the opposite is true. He cares so much about you. He has never stopped praying for you. Praying that your faith will remain strong. Praying that you will get through the trial that you will find yourself currently in. Praying with you that you will come through onto the other side. Thank heaven that we have the Lord Jesus Christ interceding for every single child of God. In fact, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? If Jesus Christ is for us, praying for us right now, then who can be against us? Surely we will move on to be victorious in no matter what ordeal we are dealing with because the Lord is for us and he is interceding on our behalf. Can we just take a moment right now and just begin to thank God that he's interceding on your behalf, that Jesus Christ is praying for you right now? Father, we thank you even now for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that even at this very hour, at this very moment, he is lifting his voice and calling upon your name, asking you, oh God, to, to move on behalf of your people, asking you to be gracious and merciful and kind, asking you to provide everything that we need so that our faith will not fail. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the wonderful name of the Lord. Blessed be the wonderful name of the Lord. I'm highlighting this morning three points 
regarding the ascension of Jesus Christ. And number one, he ascended to prepare a place for us. And then number two, he ascended so that he can always pray for us. Here's number three. Jesus ascended so that the Holy Spirit would come. John chapter 14, verse 15 through 17. Jesus said this, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. In the same gospel, in John chapter 16, verses 5 through 7, we find this. Jesus saying, but I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I go away, then I will send him to you. Lastly, in Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verse 49. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So notice these verses affirm that because Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, then the Holy Spirit can come and would come and has come. Uh, the, the Lord has always dealt with man into, into three di different what we call dispensation. In the Old Testament, we find the dispensation of the Father, where it was the Father speaking, and, and the Father was highlighted. The Gospels, we have Jesus, the Son of God, and, and he is the focus of the Gospels. But then in the epistles, and there after his resurrection, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not an it. He's a person. He is part of the triune God. He is, is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is a person that comes to dwell in the heart of those who embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Listen, there is no Christianity apart from the Holy Spirit. If you do not have the Holy Spirit, then you don't have Christianity Listen to how Romans 8, 9 puts it. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. In other words, just because we call ourselves Christians, it doesn't make us Christians. In order to be Christians, in order to be followers of Jesus Christ, in order to belong to the family of Christ, we need to have the spirit of Christ dwelling within our spirit. And we receive the spirit when we come before the Father, when we acknowledge our sin, when we embrace Christ as our Lord and our Savior, depending on him. Our salvation is dependent upon Jesus Christ. In that moment, a divine transformation 
transaction takes place whereby God removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west, puts it under the blood of his son Jesus Christ, and then we receive the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And for the first time in our life, this inner emptiness that we're all born with is filled. It is filled with the very Spirit of God. And now our soul is satisfied. He dwells in the hearts of the believer. And notice Jesus said, he will never leave you. He will never abandon you. You can't remove the Holy Spirit once he's in your heart. And just because we may not sense him or feel him because, you know, as, as human beings, we're so good about always uh, trying to operate by what we feel. But I thank God that as believers, we're not to live this Christian life by what we feel. We live it by faith, trusting in the word of God. And God's word declares the spirit of God that dwells within us will never abandon us. It will never leave us. Notice Jesus said this also. He will always guide us into the truth. The Holy Spirit will always guide us into the truth. The Holy Spirit will always use God's word and illuminate God's word. The Holy Spirit will never go contrary to the word of God. So you can't say, well, the Holy Spirit told me uh, to do something that goes contrary to God's word. The Holy Spirit always leads us into the truth and the truth as outlined in God's word. And lastly, notice that Jesus said when he comes, he will empower you. He will give you power that comes from heaven. We're not talking about humanistic power. We're talking about power that comes from heaven, divine power. Divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power to be victorious over our adversary. Divine power to live righteous and holy before God. Divine power to communicate this truth to those who don't believe and, and, and to see that the power of God will ignite the very simple words that we share and make them into the living word of God. Divine power. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ said, it's so important that I go. I have to ascend because if I go back to the Father, I will prepare a place for you. If I go back to the Father, I'll always be able to pray for you and intercede for you. If I ascend and go back to the Father, then the Holy Spirit will come and he'll be able to live inside of you. These are the three thoughts that God brought to my heart regarding the impact that the ascension of Jesus Christ can have in all of our hearts, in all of our lives. But it begins with you and I first saying yes to Jesus Christ. The big question that I want to leave with some of you this morning is this. Is God preparing a place for you? Is God preparing a place for you because you've embraced Jesus Christ as your Savior? Is God preparing a place for you because you have 
allowed him to take full control of your heart and in your life, and you're trusting him. You're not trusting your personal morality. You're not trusting your religion. You are trusting that Jesus Christ and the blood he shed on the cross of Calvary will not only enable you to have your sins forgiven, but it makes a way for this new life that we can experience. Is he making a place for you? Know that he's praying for you. There's some of us right now that are struggling, that are wondering, have God, has God forgotten us? Has God forgotten my situation or my circumstance? Nothing seems to be happening. It is impossible for the Lord's prayer not to be answered by God, the Father. Listen to me. It is impossible for the Lord's prayer for you not to be answered by the Father. However the Lord is praying, you and I need to trust. He is praying according to the will of the Father. He is praying for that perfect will to be accomplished. And no matter what my eye sees, no matter what is going on physically around me, I know it will happen just as the Lord is praying. What a comfort that that brings us and ought to bring us, that the Lord is always praying for us. And that today we can experience fresh power from the Holy Spirit to live right, to speak right, to do right. Let's pray. Lord, I come before you this morning and I thank you for your word today. I thank you, oh God, that it was needful for you, Lord, to be ascended to return back to the Father. It was needful because you knew if if I ascend, then I can go and prepare a place for everyone that has put their faith in me. I can prepare a room for them. And I pray this morning, Father, that that would be a great encouragement for all of us, that you are preparing right now a room for every single one that has put their faith in you, Lord. I pray for those who may be struggling in that area, who may be holding on to their personal morality or thinking that their religion will be sufficient to gain them a place in heaven. I pray today that your word will speak to their heart, that the spirit of the Lord will make it clear to them that no one can come to the Father as your word declares except through you. May many make the right decision today to say yes to your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, even now that you're praying for us. And every prayer that you prayed is always answered, for the Father will never say no, because you always pray according to the will of the Father. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit coming, dwelling within our hearts, bringing fulfillment into our soul, O oh God. Uh, This emptiness that we were once living with now being gone because we have the presence of the Spirit of God dwelling within our hearts. I ask today, Lord, that you would help us to recognize his presence, that you would help us to understand that in this very hour, it's the Holy Spirit that moves in our hearts. He guides us, he teaches us, and he always guides us into all the truth, oh God. And he empowers us. May we receive today fresh power to live right in your sight, O God. We ask all these things and are thankful for them.
In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Stay safe. We love you.